Welcome back to the Scarlet Fever, the Daily Nebraskans' own sports podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Meyer. Alongside with me is my co-host, Gavin Struve. We have a massive episode on tap for you today. It has been a crazy week in Nebraska sports. But Gavin, to start it off, how are you doing today? It's been a great week. Oh, yeah. I mean, covering a winning men's basketball team, (laughs) um, something maybe I expected entering college four years ago, but... Certainly not something I've expected over the last couple of years. So um, it's been cool to watch good basketball, close games um, all throughout in PBA. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been crazy. Last time we recorded this episode, it was last Tuesday, which was the night before they beat Rutgers in, at Rutgers. And then, of course, the Maryland game this week. Um, so what's been your biggest takeaway from this week for Nebraska basketball? One of the best that I can remember, probably the same for you, this is – by far the best Hoiberg team we've seen. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from this incredible week for the team? Yeah, I mean, the obvious answer, um, as it was last week too, is Keisha Tominaga continued to look excellent. <laughs> um, but probably Derek Walker, honestly. Um, he's really cemented himself, I would say, as Nebraska's best player. Um, his only real deficiency has been he's had some turnover issues. But for as often as he has the ball, um, and I think he's their main I think he probably has the highest usage numbers. Um, I mean, for often as he has the ball as a big man, some of that you're going to get. So, um, And he was supremely integral in their win over Maryland on Sunday. And um, cool to see a senior that's been at the program, what, like four years, yeah. which is rare. Um, cool to see him have success like that. Yeah, he's averaging 14 on the year, but in the last yeah. three games he's averaging 19 put up crazy numbers against Maryland. And it was funny because every time he was in the paint, you could kind of hear the audible, like, promotion from the crowd for him to go up and try to post up on guys, which I always think is funny because you know, it almost seems like the crowd knows what he's capable of sometimes more than he does. Um, but, man, when he gets going in the paint, there it's hard to stop. There were a couple times where he just drove to the paint, um, drove to the basket when they needed a bucket at the end there, and and it was, it was great to see from him. The development, obviously, he's had those struggles this year. It's been frustrating at times. The Illinois game where he had five turnovers in two minutes, so frustrating. But for him to settle in and say, okay, this is my last chance to really prove that, you know, prove myself to this Nebraska fan base, he's done that in the over the past three games, in my opinion. Um, they've still got a couple more chances here before he, you know, make his makes his senior night performance uh, or, you know, finishes up his Nebraska career. But I like what I've seen from him lately because it's so easy for him to say, I'm going to throw in the towel. It's been a long career. I haven't been able to, you know, have a have success in terms of winning. I've had, you know, great, pretty good seasons statistically, but haven't had the winning success. And now finally they're breaking through. It's taken him five years to do that. But um, impressed what I've seen from him. Who else have you been impressed with as of late? I don't know if we've had any, in the last week or so at least, any like new contributors break out. I guess the biggest one would be Blaze Keita, um, who had, I think there was a game between them, but he had, what, eight rebounds on Sunday, I think 11 rebounds last Saturday, so two Saturdays ago. Um, so yeah, it's been, I mean, rewarding to see him have an output, um, have an impact after he was, he was a pretty decent addition. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the number one Juco transfer. Um, for what it's worth, that stuff's kind of hard to measure, probably even more so than high school. Um, but And he had been committed to the teams for so long, so um, and it's kind of dealt with ups and downs. I know personal and injuries and playing time, so um, cool to see him be a factor. 
Um, and he's definitely played a lot more in recent weeks as Nebraska's um, got against some like two big lineups, which is kind of the Big Ten cliche, but we see less and less now. Um, so yeah, and I guess another thing that's really piqued my interest um, about some guys we've talked about is superlative based. I'm going to be really interested down the stretch to see if Derek Walker can get um, all Big Ten honors. Um, obviously, it'd be a really cool way for him to go out. But, I mean, there are three teams, and Nebraska being, you know, not at the very bottom mm-hmm. of the Big Ten standings. Um, you would think if Nebraska finishes at or a game above or a game below 500, they would want to give put at least one of the players on the team maybe – um, and he's averaging 14, seven and four right now. He's got one of the better shooting percentages in the country. So I'll be interested to see that. It's been a few years at least since Nebraska's had anyone on one of those teams. Um, I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think you're right. That would be their best chance. Of, of course, we wish there was a six man for Kese there. Yeah. But it, yeah, going back to Kata and kind of the the, the playoff of each other that I saw between Walker and Kata, it was, it was really nice to see because obviously Walker's a small dude, big, you know, center-wise. Um, but his, his specialty is really on the offensive side of the ball. Kata gets in there. He's a big body under the paint, and Maryland was having some struggles getting through him. There were a couple times where he made big-time plays. Went out with an injury. Rumor has it he's in a boot this week. That's concerning for me just because of the injuries that we've already seen. He's missed time. Finally getting himself back into the lineup and and goes out again. We saw some other injuries in that game too um, with Lawrence going out for a bit. Uh, But the reason I ask you, who I kind of wanted to throw you a ball, see see where you'd go with the Kata. I was really impressed by Kata. Uh, I kind of had two guys I want to talk about. Um, But – Mini Mayor himself, Sam Boyberg. Yeah, that's the I mean, right answer. I mean, just special stuff from him because it, it was almost, in at least from my perspective, it was kind of a meme of okay, Hoiberg's got his, you know, undersized son on the roster, and you know he's kind of a rah rah guy, there for you know emotional help or whatever. Gets in, crowd kind of goes crazy when he hits his first bucket at home. More of just a, that's that's a good, funny story. Mm-hmm. That is not the case anymore. I mean, he has made some very impressive plays. The steal that ultimately got them the win, I mean, for him, that's 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 a moment that you're never going to forget, regardless of where his basketball career goes from here. We did not expect him to be a crucial part of a winning, almost winning Nebraska basketball team this late into the season. Um, he's getting significant minutes. He's carrying the ball up the court. Impressive stuff from him. As a coach, if you're Fred, that's got gotta feel special to see your yeah. son playing on, you know, the biggest, not the biggest stage, but for Nebraska, the biggest stage with a packed PBA at, you know, your as a as Fred, your best team that you've had. And your son is an integral part of that at this point. Amazing how he's filled the holes that this roster has needed him to. Uh, I have been absolutely impressed. What, what have you thought of the uh, the mini mayor, Sam Hoiberg? Yeah, and that's what my answer should have been initially. Um, but, yeah, Kata deserves his roses. I was going to um, go either – either if, whoever you went, I was going to go the other way after. But Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been pretty wild. As you said, it's like he's not even – he's not even in there, like, filling minutes. He's, like, holding his own out there. Um, he hit one of Nebraska's two threes in regulation. And it was a pretty big three. Mm-hmm. I think it – 
I think that was after that big run when they went down eight. He hit the yep. one to make it 50-45. It's pretty deep, too. Yeah, and then those overtime plays, it was like, I mean, much of that game was deja vu from the Wisconsin yes. win. <laughs> but specifically, like, the plays he made. Um, and then the fact that he took a charge, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, those defensive plays were huge. The fact that Nebraska got two steals, two charges taken in the overtime period. Um Horberg with three of those plays. Um, one of those steals was out of a timeout, as it was against Wisconsin overtime. And then the other one, obviously, being um, the runaway for the layup to put him up three. And mm-hmm. then the game still in free throws, too. Yeah. Um, Clutch. Yeah. So what did, did he have, I think, seven points in the last, like... I think that's what... Because I'm not sure that he scored before. In the last, like, 13 minutes, counting overtime, I think. Yeah, so impressive stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the the chemistry that this team seems to have when (laughs) the crowd is on their feet versus when they're kind of losing it is is interesting to me. And we kind of joke about how, as, you know, sports reporters, we kind of like to feed off – we like to talk about the crowd a lot, but (laughs) the way – when the crowd was completely out of that game – when Greasel fouls out, or not fouls out, he gets into foul trouble, goes to the bench. Maryland goes on this run. It's like, oh, here we go again. Maryland's going on this run. Nebraska doesn't. You look at the lineup, you're like, none of these guys we really expected to be playing big-time minutes down the stretch of games preseason. And yet, somehow, they stop the run, and he comes back in. Kata plays a big part of that. All of a sudden, it's tied up again. I think it's just been really fascinating to see how Greasel has led this team because he has been really the one constant. Uh, Tommy Nagas had a great stretch. He wasn't that consistent earlier in the season. Everybody else has battled with injury. I know Greasel's been out a couple games, and those games, they struggled at points. Um, his leadership, and we knew it was going to be there earlier in the, before the season just because he's a veteran. He's played with younger guys before. But his consistency of I'm going to give you this many points, this many rebounds, this many assists every game and really show out for my team. He's not the flashiest player. He's not the player that really gets all the praise on this team. Um, he's not even the guy that you know the, the media is talking about, but he, the consistency with which he has played, and I saw that when he went out. When he went to the bench, from my perspective, it was this team needs a leader and he's not on the floor right now. So that kind of that showed me how important that pickup this offseason was for Nebraska. Yes, they've had guys have massive performances. Walker's had had great stat lines. Tommy Nagas been super flashy. Bunch of young guys have stepped up, but Greasel's really been the consistent straw through all of it. And his play has really impressed me. Um, that's what you need on a team that has a lot of young talent is an older guy who's done it before and maybe doesn't need all the attention, doesn't need all the praise, but still going to be that consistent guy to play through his entire team. Yeah, so they've leaned a little more offensively based since um, those two guys, Gary and Mm -hmm. Vanamel, were lost for the season, and expectedly so. Those were the two best defenders. Um, And they've kind of leaned into it a little more too. Um, But yeah, so if if Walker and Greasel are out instead of those guys, and those guys are like very solid players, how many of these like, four games that they've won recently, do they win one? Yeah, I don't know. And that's actually something I want to touch on. I actually want to ask you this. How good do you think this team would be with Gary and Bandamel healthy? Because I, I, I push back on a lot of people that say, 
oh, this team would be way better. They'd be this good plus those guys. Mm-hmm. What, what do you what do you, what would you say in that in that instance? Yeah, I'm of the mind that it's like. I don't think it's like a Ewing theory thing where like Nebraska is winning because those guys are hurt. Um, I think it would help to have those guys. I'm impressed how they've done without them. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe the they've played their best stretch of the season without those mm-hmm. guys. Um, I don't think they're better without them. Maybe them playing would shake up the variance enough that they would have lost one of these four games they've won in the last two and a half weeks. Um, and they did suffer like a four-game losing streak when they first got hurt. But I don't know. So they they maybe win one of those games they lost during that stretch. Um, I don't think those guys make them a tournament team. Mm-hmm. They make them a lot more intimidating one through seven. Um, but the guys that are stepping up now, you know, Hoiberg and Kada and Jamarcus Lawrence yeah. um, and Keisha even yeah. probably aren't doing what they're doing now. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's a long way of saying they're not, they're not an NCAA tournament team with those guys. Um, they're probably like a slightly more solid NIT team. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I just heard a lot of, oh, this team's so injured. We we would have this, you know, this great team if those guys were there. But there's only a certain amount of minutes that go around. So yeah. having those guys come out has forced guys to step up. And like you said, that period where they, they lost six of seven, had the four-game losing streak, that was a really tough period that they probably would not have had as many losses with those guys healthy. But at this point... I don't know that the team that we saw, even the team that beat Creighton in Iowa, I don't know that they have this kind of run um, over the last couple weeks that we've seen out of this team just because it's so momentum and, you know, it's, it's almost like a passion-based thing where these guys are just fired up. That's, what, that, that's how we see teams go on this kind of Cinderella run through, the March, for, through March Madness is because they are so passion and emotion-driven, and that's what I feel like yeah. this Nebraska team has been. Not to say that they're not talented because – they have underperformed with the talent they've had in many years prior to this. I just feel like the young talent on this team has been able to step up and shine. Even with Kese, it, it's almost gotten to this point where his him chucking up threes, that you need that. So it's not, it's almost like he has freedom to work now. Whereas previously, he doesn't have the, it's not like, okay, we don't have anything offensively. Uh, we, we need we can't keep up defensively because we don't have Bannamel or Gary, so we're not going to you know, chuck threes. Casey, kind of his game is he needs to take some unwarranted shots almost. Yeah. Uh, they don't always fall, but a lot of the times for a normal basketball player, those are not smart shots, and for him, they just fall. So I think that's been kind of the, the desperateness that this Nebraska team needed a couple games ago where, all right, everyone's, you know, we're struggling with injuries, the season's basically a lost cause. Let's just go out there and throw, throw the ball up with Casey. That that's given him freedom, and they've dialed that back a little bit lately. He didn't have the best game against Maryland. Uh, I believe he shot two for six from three, but still the the freedom that he has now to kind of get to work. Um, and then obviously with these younger guys, I I don't see and for the future as well. But I for this year I don't see. I guess I just don't see this team beating Rutgers and Maryland back-to-back with the roster that they had, uh, you know, in December. So I guess that's my opinion. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me there. but Yeah, it's almost like empowered them, strangely, mm-hmm. to the point where you wonder if they had some um, moment of enlightenment or something Yeah. after those guys went down. Because um, they had, they had like, good performances, um, a couple solid wins before, you know, before those injuries – 
Um, the Creighton one was obviously massive. Um, it being, you know, when Kalkbrenner was actually playing too, because that's the bulk of Creighton's yeah. skid was without him. Um, and then the Iowa win, um, the Ohio State win really doesn't look impressive anymore at all. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a stretch here where it's after the Iowa win, your only wins are Ohio State, Minnesota, which at the time is like, oh, a nice Big Ten wins. But at this point, those are, in, at least according to your power rankings, that'll be on the site by the time this comes out, the two worst teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. After that, you get the four-game losing streak uh, before the Penn State game. So I think it was that that Penn State game that kind of clicked something in somebody somebody's head in the locker room, and it's worked since then. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just don't see that team being 500 with these kind of wins because looking back, they won all the games that they should have. And yeah. recently has really been the games that they won that they shouldn't have, I guess. Definitely. Yeah. Um, circling back to what you said about Shay, and he's just like half the, half the shots he takes are like kind of holding your breath. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost feel like that's almost like more of a visual thing sometimes. That's fair. Um, it's just because, you know, he's a smaller, slighter guy. Um, I don't know that he's 6'2", as he's listed. <laughs> um, he's not, like, tiny out there. No. But um, I think, like, just the way he has to, like, contort his body and stuff, and um, especially the way he's been guarded the last couple games, just, like, kind of face guarded. He has to do that to get it off. Um, to the point where, like, shots that early in the season I might have been saying – like, no, no, don't shoot that. It's, right. it's like, you know, just like Keisha Cook. Um, and he's on some – I saw this on um, – it was Nebraska basketball, I think Twitter uh, posted it. Um, it was Keisha is the first player since Tyron Lue. <laughs> yeah, I did see this, yeah. In the late 90s <laughs> to have five straight games of 20 points or more, which yeah. shocked me because I don't think you followed um, – you haven't been around, like, Nebraska basketball no. as long as I have. Um, it was just that free, here. that just win of that free win that yeah. Michigan would get every year. But there have been, yeah, yeah, there have been like I don't know a handful of dudes that average like seventeen points yeah. per game in that span. So I'm pretty shocked none of them ever pieced together five straight twenty point games. I mean, it's impressive, yeah. but it's I mean, not. He he almost did get it this last game, which yeah, he needed overtime. Yeah, he did, but he got it, and that three, I mean, that was incredible. Um, just to it was it was almost like you know this is going in because mm-hmm. what he's done um, he, it hadn't been working he'd only hit one three up to that point and every time the, you could tell the crowd just wanted it so bad and, and for it to culminate in overtime was just kind of the, just these storybook type games right now with this over these overtime finishes you have the Purdue game that you know Nebraska feels like they got cheated whatever they have a tough stretch and <laughs> two straight overtime games where. They pretty much take care of business in overtime. They got to overtime, again, by a like not a questionable shot, but just a really tough shot. Um, they forced kind of a, a step back. It was kind of a step back, same thing that Chucky Epperin did in, in the Maryland game. But um, you're right. You talked about deja vu with the Maryland and Wisconsin games. It almost felt like the same game script there where mm-hmm. – you need a little bit of a surge at the end of overtime or the end of regula- regulation, stop them at the other end and kind of control overtime. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've built up a pretty impressive resume now. Yeah. Um, I guess we can kind of start to, and we kind of have been for, I think we, we touched on it last week in the pod, right, like a, 
I think I had said they had a um, like very loose or murky path to the NIT. And so that was before the last mm. two wins, which are both quad one wins. Um, and statistically now, it's probably still more likely than not they don't reach that point. Um, but being 500, you got to be game above 500. Um, they should beat Minnesota. And I would think they'd win one of two against yeah. Michigan State and Iowa. Um, you win at least a game. You probably need to, if you win two of the three, you probably need to win more than one game of the Big Ten tournament to make the NIT. But um, they certainly control their own destiny to do so. Um, and that's just crazy. I mean, for them to have, um, like the last couple of years, they would be, you know, a couple quad two wins, maybe one quad one win. Um, and now they have, it's crazy to me, they're so far down in the net ranking still, but... Yeah, that Maryland we were talking about, Maryland win didn't really help them much. Jump bump bump well, up two spots. That one, yeah, that, it didn't. So that was a quad one win. The last two were quad one wins, and they're still only ninety seconds. Um, so they've got six wins between quads one and two, which is pretty good for where they're at. The Wisconsin wins only quad three. Um, <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin still has a chance to make them turn. Yeah, what, what's your percentage in your power rankings? I mean, uh, it was much higher than I expected. That that metric gave them like thirty eight percent, but they've been like right on the cut line, so they should be like they should be higher than that. Honestly, they should be like fifty. Mm-hmm. They should be like forty five to fifty five percent. But yeah, the metrics don't love Wisconsin, um, so that certainly doesn't help Nebraska's resume. Yeah, um, and that's and that's the biggest thing holding Nebraska back is um, the quad one record and their overall metric rankings because they're also in the nineties on Ken Palm, um, and so they have no losses in quads three or four, which is Pretty commendable. I mean, it sounds a lot easier than it is. Right. Um, there's a lot of tournament teams that have lost in quad three or four, multiple games. Um, but Nebraska's played 13, so almost half of its games in quad one. Yeah. Um, I Which is a crazy group. stat for yeah. a team that you know is so inferior to some of these teams. But yeah. you look at the, the game, amount of games even that some of these highly ranked teams have played in quad one, you're like, how can you get away with that? But – um, do you think there's a chance, correct me if I'm wrong, the top, bottom four Big Ten teams play in the f- first round and then of the Big Ten tournament? Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a chance they avoid having to play in that first round against, or does it even matter if they're playing Ohio State, Minnesota? Yeah, there's a path. I was actually, so I'm writing um, something that will come out, I think, the day after this pod about Nebraska's potential postseason avenues. And so I was thinking about this this afternoon. Um, and I, I had the same thought, like, mm-hmm. does it really matter if they're going to play Minnesota anyway and right. have a 90% chance of winning? Like, maybe that win helps them. But I think you want that by because the win gives you another win on the resume, but, I mean, you also have the chance of fatigue or injury. Right. And it doesn't – that that win doesn't, doesn't move the needle. In Ohio State, on a neutral floor, Nebraska would be favored, I think. I'm pretty sure. But, I mean, you got to – chance of losing that game and just mm-hmm. losing in the first round um so yeah you want to you want to get out of there um like as we saw last year when nebraska was on that three game win streak to end the season and lost in the first round yeah um but yeah they're they're half game behind wisconsin and penn state um wisconsin plays tonight penn state plays tomorrow i think both have losable games yeah penn state so they have ohio state tomorrow but then they have Rutgers, northwestern maryland which mm-hmm. That's Which is kind of tough. Yeah. yeah, that's not fun for them. Um, and then for Ohio State, let's see here. 
And then Wisconsin's kind of tough, too. They are versus Iowa. Um, this pot will be out by then, which that's a coin flip. At Michigan, uh, Michigan Michigan should probably win that one because they almost won in Madison mm-hmm. last week. Um, and I think Wisconsin could win against Purdue oh, next week. Okay. Um, we can talk more about that when the yeah. time comes. Um, Purdue, then, Purdue's been in free fall for you. I mean, yeah, yeah. Fell all the way down to number two. Number two. two. <laughs> I mean, they've lost three, like, yeah. three of the no, last five. Northwestern right. totally deserves your number one spot. but That sounds so weird. To right, hear right, right. They have a – you had them at a 98% chance to win the uh, – get to the tournament, I guess. Mm-hmm. Surprised that's not 100%, but I guess there's always a chance. I think uh, I think that, like, because we were talking about, like, the injuries earlier and, like, what this team would look like um, if those guys were still playing. I think, like, the biggest what if, like, I would allow about this season is what if Nebraska got that win over Purdue. Yeah. So you were at that game. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and I won't hold you to it if you don't remember exactly, but didn't Keisha have a go-ahead three-point attempt, or did he make the one to tie he, it up? He made a game. He made okay. a buzzer beat, almost a buzzer beater to go to overtime, and okay. then overtime was pretty tightly contested. There was a questionable foul that Nebraska fans didn't like. Aren't there always? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> the amount of, I mean, it is funny how it doesn't matter what the call is. Yeah. There have been some bad calls, don't get me wrong. But there were some against Maryland where it's like, that that's a foul. Yeah. The refs don't deserve that kind of uh, uh, slander. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the Purdue game, and, and even like that Northwestern game was winnable, I think. Uh, I was at that one. Feels like there could have been more quad one wins, and you get two more quad one wins on this resume. And, you know, there's a, you, that, that, that helps out your resume a lot. Um, I guess I'll ask you, do you think this team's making the NIT? It's so tough to gauge right now. Um, so, like I said, I think they beat Minnesota, and I think they win one of the two against Michigan State and Iowa. I think they beat Michigan State right now. Um, I would agree. That team, not that was an emotional win over Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, I Happy think they made. Sure. Oh, absolutely, huge win. I would be an incredible environment to be in. That yeah, uh, you, that's almost one of those ones. that's like you're Indiana. You're like, how am I supposed to mm-hmm. compete with this emotional team? But I do think there might be a regression to the mean. After that, same thing we saw with Maryland, where they have an amazingly emotional win over Purdue, kind of regressed to the meeting against Nebraska. So I, I I agree with you there that they could beat Michigan State. Yeah, so I think they win that one. I think Maryland's like a tiny bit better than Michigan State. Um, and then certainly they could beat Iowa, but it's probably more likely they like lose to Michigan State than beat Iowa, if that'll make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd put them I'd put them at 16 to 15 at the end of the year. That's... Nine and eleven in Big Ten play—that's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, and then I'd have to think they'll win one Big Ten tournament game. Honestly, honestly, I'll say yes right now. Okay. I'm like fifty-three percent confident. Um, but given given the streak they're on, I think yes. I mean, I I won't be surprised if they they don't by any means. I won't be surprised mm-hmm. if they lose both of those down the stretch. Um, I mean, even Minnesota isn't a gimme. Yeah. Um, but another Saturday matinee. You you were complaining about the the weekend games, but they <laughs> seemed to do pretty well on those Saturday. These because Purdue was, uh, Wisconsin was, and then Maryland was a weekend game as well. So those people like to show up for those. I guess it's the football crowd. It's like oh, I'll show up yeah. to a basketball game a Tuesday night. No, but a Saturday afternoon. I'm used to that in the fall. 
Are you when you say you think Nebraska's going to win a Big Ten game? Are you saying they win one of those first four games or either? I think they have to win a second round game to okay. win NIT, and I think they will. Right? Now. Okay. I like so that'll be against a team that would be. God, I can't do the math. It right really now. just matters where they would where they'd uh, see. Yeah, but. but I mean, they can be anyone. Yeah, but. I would say they could be anyone on a neutral court but Purdue. I think they'd okay. have to be at home, um, and I wouldn't feel great about their odds against Northwestern Indiana, but I didn't feel great about their odds against some of the teams they've beaten recently. <laughs> Beating Rutgers at Rutgers, I don't think we talked about that enough. Mm-hmm. That place is hard to win. Yeah. We've seen a lot of teams go in there to, uh, <laughs> to, to get beat by Rutgers. Last year it was so funny because it just seemed like Rutgers would have these massive wins and then – just fall so short against inferior opponents. But um, winning at the rack was was a big win. C.J. Wilcher finally showed yeah. up. and, and uh, Homecoming. Homecoming, yeah. and he hasn't done much through lately. That, that, that's been weird. I feel like the, the change of the roster has been – because coming into this year, you, you have those starters and think, okay, Wilcher can be a nice piece from last year. You've got a former four-star in Breidenbach. Yeah. Breidenbach and Wilcher have not done much as of lately, so – other than the Rutgers game for Wiltshire. So definitely weird how the, the roster has kind of lined up here. Uh, anything else you want to touch on with Nebraska men's basketball? No. Uh, do you have a prediction for pro season or you want to? Yeah, I'll go NIT. I, th- I, I really like their chances. You get hot at the right time. I like their chances to kind of make not a huge run in the Big Ten tournament. But given how tight it seems like every Big Ten game is or anyone can beat anyone, I, I like their chances to string together – win or two in the Big Ten tournament. So I think that would be enough for them. You know, may, may, might as well pull the Georgetown good. and win, win the whole thing. So Good 18 and 16 record. That would be – That would be impressive. Very impressive. If you <laughs> – I mean, we say it every week, but tell us that preseason with what has happened with the yeah. roster. If you tell me that <laughs> that Sam Hoiberg's getting significant minutes and this team has a chance to make the postseason, I would – K-Shay putting up Tyron Lue numbers. <laughs> Tyron Lue. Um Unless you have anything else, let's move into uh, a little bit of Nebraska women's basketball. Record-breaking crowd. That was awesome. Um, the result, not so awesome. The last couple weeks have not been awesome. Really not the time. It, kind of the opposite. Not the time you want to <laughs> have a losing streak. Unlike Nebraska men's basketball, who is winning at the right time. Women's basketball is losing at the very, very wrong time. They're going to need some help to get into the uh, tournament at this point. Yeah, it's crazy these teams are going to, like, probably finish with, like, identical records. Um, unfortunately, we're recording the pod on the same day as their, I'd say, critical game yeah. against um, at Illinois. Um, I don't really see any way they can make the tournament without getting the auto bid if they don't win this game. Um, they should beat Northwestern at home. They beat them on the road, and Northwestern is bottom of the Big Ten. Um, I mean, Minnesota was pretty close to them when they lost uh, to them last week, but that was in Minneapolis. So, yeah, I mean, that wins that game tonight's going to be pivotal. Um, their odds aren't great given Illinois. I mean, they played Illinois pretty close. That was the game you covered, right? Yeah, um, it, that was an absolutely winnable game. So, but it was at home with a good crowd. Yes, that was a twenty. Yeah. <laughs> 20 nothing run. Since that point, it has gone downhill for uh, Nebraska women's basketball. Not great. 
yeah, so I mean it'll they're gonna they're gonna need some kind of impressive tournament run. Um, I think they were in pretty similar shape um, two years ago when it was Sam Hybe's team, mm-hmm. um, and I think Izzy Bourne was the um, her Robin to Hybe's Batman. Then um, kind of interesting how they're still you know playing a big role in the program, yeah. but a little more muted. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it's. It'll go down as probably a little bit of a disappointing season, um, especially because Shelly's been pretty pretty darn good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, two Nebraska teams in NIT, if they pull it off, would be pretty, pretty cool. Absolutely. Home Absolutely. games yeah. in PBA in March. You don't get those with March Madness. So you don't. You can't have that hometown and home crowd environment. You'd almost rather have that. I know. Yeah, you wouldn't. For our sake, maybe I don't know. Yeah, getting to cover a postseason game. Did I love that NIT? Like I think we. I know. I think we talked about this last week too, but it's like fun to watch. It's, yeah, they're on ESPN, mm-hmm. um, and like a lot of these teams, like are good teams. They're major conference teams that were on the bubble all year. Um, maybe maybe we'll see North Carolina come to Lincoln. Oh, that <laughs> would be incredible. That is a conceivable outcome that we could have. <laughs> No, I think North Carolina would probably be the higher seed, but yeah, I don't know. they probably would be. It's possible uh, at this point. Anyway, with women's basketball, it's funny. Nebraska is has a worse Big Ten record, but is seventh in the conf or eighth yeah. in the conference. Um, Big Ten is not as good in women's basketball because there's just no cellar dwellers on the men's right. Side. So maybe that's maybe it's a you know they, they run the table and uh, win a Big Ted tournament, beat Indiana, who is on a 14-game winning streak Jeez. and is 26-1 and one overall and 16-1 in the Big Ted. Um, you can't expect to beat Iowa. Clayton, Caitlin Clark just owns the, Fran- the, the Nebraska state for women's basketball. But it, it, it was cool to see that, that big of a crowd. I, I, that is something that they did a really good job of promoting and the kind of the whole – the whole athletic department kind of came together for that. Uh, not the result you would have wanted, though. You would hope that they would be able to do that more often for yeah. maybe winnable games. Um, you got any track and field stuff for us? Any updates? Not result-wise, but there was an update today. Oh, um, there was. New head coach. First new head coach since 1980, I think. Oh, my goodness. Because um, Pepin was in Lincoln for 42 How years. How old is he? Gary Pepin? Yeah. I don't even know. Wow. Uh, 70s or 80s. Um, but, yeah, Justin St. Clair, um, he was the interim, so I think mm-hmm. this was the um, expected. But um, as we saw in the fall, just because you're the interim head coach doesn't always mean you get the, no, it does not. the head gig. Um, but, yeah, I think this is the plan. Um, he came on last season, like last academic school year as the throws coach, um, has had great success. Um, had great success before at North Dakota State with less resources. Um, and when I interviewed um, the uh, jumps coach, mm-hmm. um, Vincent Johnson, last month for um, that uh, here feature on the Jamaican <laughs> athletes, um, he had said he was talking about how he had like bought into Justin's vision and everything when he came in this summer. So that definitely indicated yeah. that um, St. Clair was going to get the top job. So – um, cool to see that. Um, I mean, they're having, again, immense success this year. We'll see how they do at the Big Ten ter- Championships. This um, weekend, both the men's and women's teams are expected to win it. Um, doesn't mean they will. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. 
Another sport I'd like to touch on, wrestling. Um, what a season. Number four overall in the NCAA. Um, probably the highest I've s- When was the last time we had a, any sport team that high? Volleyball? Oh, yeah, true. That's but true. men's sport, you could say. Yeah, men's sport. Um, so six since they lost Iowa, they got hammered by Iowa. No surprise there, Iowa is just leagues above everyone else. But since they lost to Iowa, six straight duels they've won with some with I believe four ranked victories. Um, finished the season fourth nationally, but third in the Big Ten. That's really the only sport you could possibly do that in. Yeah. Um, two undefeated wrestlers, Peyton Robb and Michael Abriola. Incredible seasons for both of those guys. Finished it off against Arizona State, which was an interesting matchup having the guys from the desert come up for senior night. Finished off the regular season in a really great environment, really um, exciting time for those guys. Started the season really slow, and this team had not a ton of hype coming into the year because they had lost three seniors. But it was it was seen as this team could do something. Lost, I believe, two of their first four duels to inferior opponents at this point, and really turned it on as of late. Other than the Iowa, they've won, I believe, 10 straight duels, of taking out the Iowa, which is pretty much a automatic loss at this point um, but big tens not this weekend next weekend in ann arbor that's going to be fascinating because they're sending six wrestlers and six wrestlers will compete for the title some of the penn state and iowa their whole rosters competing in the big 10 championships so it could be a little little challenging there definitely i think they will improve on their big sixth overall in the big 10 finish last year that was really frustrating for the team I think they should easily be able to do that. Third or fourth in the Big Ten is, is a really big milestone for them to hit. Wait, Nebraska's fourth in the nation. They should win the Big Ten now. Right, of course, totally. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be surprised if they even get challenged for that third spot. Penn State and Iowa are just kind of immovable objects at this point. Michigan was able to do it last year, beat both of them at the Big Tens. Really? Um, but what I've learned is Penn State Iowa don't really care about the Big Ten. They want it, Obviously, they want to win. They yeah. rested guys at the end of that end of the Big Ten championships once they knew they weren't going to win. They rested guys for the Nationals, and then Penn State won Nationals. So winning the Big Ten, having success in the Big Ten doesn't automatically equate to national success. Um, but I definitely expect Nebraska to finish higher than sixth in the Big Ten, which would be a big improvement over last year because they were so good last year mm-hmm. and even better this year in terms of the rankings. And then on to Nationals where they could also improve on a uh, fifth overall finish Right now they're slotted at fourth. Would be a challenge just because of they don't have as many wrestlers at the event as some of the higher teams, but impressive stuff from the team this year. Um, go check out Marissa's uh, uh, profile on Peyton Rob on the website. That was a really great work, and, and it's good to have a winning national championship contender, kind of, not really, but contender in men's sports. So um, exciting stuff out of uh, Devaney Center this week. Anything else you want to get to? I think we covered it all. Baseball and softball started this week. Neither too much success. Softball have played a lot of very tough teams. Uh, yeah. It's tough to start your season against, like, I believe four top ten teams. Baseball, not the success they would have wanted coming into the season. But they tied, which is a storyline in itself. They tied reigning WCC champ San yep. Diego. So. <laughs> yes, they did. That's got to. I when was I got to look up last time someone tied a college baseball game? That's got to be a rarity. But they certainly did it. 
avoided an 0-4 start. So big week, kind of spring sports, fall sports combining here, coming down the stretch of winter, winter sports, spring sports starting up. It's a fun time of year here around Lincoln. A lot of teams doing well, so exciting stuff. Anything else you got for us, Kevin? I think we covered it all. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with maybe an update on if Nebraska basketball or women's basketball is playing in the postseason, or we think they might, ahead of the Big Ten tournament. Again, thank you so much for listening. We will see you then.